Welcome to the Metamorphosis with Michelle podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Kessel. I'm an integrative health practitioner and certified brain rewiring coach. And on this podcast, I'm going to be diving deep into all things personal growth and development, brain rewiring, health and wellness, and spirituality. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Metamorphosis with Michelle. I'm super excited for this conversation with my guest today. We're going to be talking all about human design, which is a topic that I really love and I think it is something that everyone should personally be aware of because it can give you such good insight on your personality and who you're designed to be in the world. So we're going to get into it. And I have my good friend, Sandy Yang, going to talk all about human design. So Sandy, if you want to introduce yourself and just share a little bit about your background. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Sandy Yang and super excited and grateful to be here with all of you. I am a human design expert and brain rewiring coach. I worked several years in public accounting and found my passion in health and wellness, um, eventually finding human design, which really helped me pivot out of my accounting career and find my calling. Um, And I'm super passionate about human design and integrating it into your day to day in order to live the most flowy and in alignment um, as possible. And I'm super excited to bring this to more people. Yes, I love that so much. And I really like how you bridge together that human design lets you live a more flowy and aligned life because I really think that's the purpose of it. So how would you kind of describe human design to someone who potentially has never heard of it? Right. So human design is a system that is based on your exact birth time, date, and place. And with just your birth data, you can generate your human design chart. Um, human design is a combination of different um, like tools such as astrology, I Ching, Kabbalah, um, quantum physics, and the chakra system. So it's a little bit woo and esoteric, but um, I've found that even my male left brain engineering friends really resonate with it. And I always encourage people to just dive into it with an open mind and cherry pick what you like. Um, But it's a great tool. It almost works as like a roadmap for, you know, how do you exchange energy with other people, with the world? How can you bring more opportunities for yourself? And yeah, like what are your lessons and challenges you're meant to overcome in this lifetime? And also like what are your innate strengths? Yeah, totally. That is such a good description. So if someone is just new to human design, what is kind of the first bit of information they would need to know about themselves? So there are more than 2 billion configurations in human design charts. So that being said, we literally are very unique. Um, And at the high level, we can break people down into five types. So the types are manifestors, generators, manifesting generators, projectors, and reflectors. So your type is just the first piece. Um, So you're a generator, I'm a projector. We each have, like for you, your strategy is to respond to life. It's almost like the world is like your buffet and you just get to see what you like and don't like. Um, And for me is to share my insights and how to make, you know, processes and systems more efficient, um, make the world like a more, like a better place, I guess. Um, So each type have like this general purpose, right? Um, So that's super easy because we can just like follow our strategy 
and see things come to fruition. Um, that's not like super, it's easier say, said than done, right? Um, so I'll look up your type, your strategy, and your inner authority. Your inner authority is basically how you make your best decisions, um, how your intuition works. So for Michelle, your authority is sacral, meaning you have this strong connection to your body. Um, you have what is called a defined sacral center. Um, you know how people talk about a full body, yes, and like a like a butterfly feeling in your stomach. Um, do you resonate with that, by the way? Oh yeah, I'm like leaning in right now because I'm so interested, which is like my version of a yes. So it's funny, like with hanging out with people, if I really love the people and resonate with their energy, I'll like lean in, and then others, I'll like lean back and cross my arms and just. I always have really strong body language, which is like good for me. But if you're on the other side, you might be like, I don't know if this girl is liking me right now. Right. <laughs> so you can basically tell if something is right or wrong for you just, you know, from how your body is responding. So other ways it can show up for sacral authority, they might find them standing up straighter, their body is more expanded versus contracted. Like if you know, you feel like you're slouching, you're contracted, that probably is a, is a no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm curious, like you mentioned the butterflies in your stomach, would that be a yes or a no? Or does that kind of depend on occasion? It depends on how the individual interpret that feeling. I've heard people talk about it as if it's like a really good, like you just fell in love kind of a feeling for other people it can feel like anxiousness so only you know what is a good you know body feeling versus not yeah i'm just thinking like when i go on dates i like get the butterflies and i'm like is this a good thing or are they about to screw me over so that's my thought process i mean sometimes you're meant to go on a date with someone because they're meant to teach you a lesson. So just yeah, because absolutely. at the moment is like your body is like a oh, hell yeah, um, doesn't mean you're gonna marry this person. Yeah, totally. That definitely resonates. I just think that's kind of fun with like the way that our body tells us things. So I know that the other authorities are emotional and splenic. Am I missing another one? There are seven. So emotional, oh. splenic, self-projected, ego environment i feel like i'm missing something oh um waiting for a lunar cycle and that only applies to reflectors oh wow interesting yeah so i've actually looked at a few charts of my clients and they all happen to be generators and manifesting generators and that makes sense because i'm a generator and i'm going to be attracting people similar to me so I think that's kind of funny when you look at like the coaching world and you see who you're coaching and they're kind of all like similar traits to you. Yeah, you are going to be their expander. Like, hey, look at me. I follow my gut response and you can too. Exactly. I love that. And as far as following your gut response, what are kind of some other ways to nurture that? So for some of my clients, they really identify with that sacral gut response feeling. Other people, they know at one point they did feel that maybe when they were little, but you know, like through growing up, they did not honor that. So they kind of lost it, right? I would, if that's the case, I would set the intention and just maybe take two days, like, okay, this weekend, I'm going to make all of my decisions out of my sacred response. And you can That's build a, really a lot of confidence when you think back to a time when you knew it in your body, like you knew it um, in your heart that something was meant to be a no, but you went straight for it because of your logical mind and see how that turned out for you. 
Yeah, that's such a good one. I feel like a common example, at least in my life, is just if someone asks me to do something and I don't want to and I'm like tired while I'm doing it. And then if I do something for someone that I want to, I'm like excited while I'm doing it. Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad you brought that up. But because like as a generator, um, you have this life force energy. Um, you wake up, it's kind of like the sun, it shows up day after day. And the more you use your energy in satisfying ways, the more energy you create for yourself and other people. And this also makes you very magnetic. Like people want to be close to you because you feel warm and happy and energetic. Um, but if you are going against your sacred response, you're doing things that drain you. Um, you're not self-themed, which is like a sign that you're out of alignment. You feel frustrated and annoyed. And that also like, other people can feel it. So, you know, if you're a generator or a manifesting generator, do everyone else a favor by following, you know, where your energy wants to take you. I love how you said do everyone else a favor because if like you're doing something to please someone else, but you're not happy doing it, you're just going to be frustrated the whole time and neither of you are going to be happy about it. Right. So like with human design, Everything is meant to be like a win-win-win scenario, which is really cool. I love that so much. And as far as kind of the other authorities, just to mention, I think like maybe emotional and splenic would be the next most common. What would kind of those responses look like? So I am emotional authority. Um, if you are emotional authority, you can feel like you are always riding on some sort of a emotional wave. So I know it for myself. Some days I can be happy or sad for no logical reason. Like I cannot necessarily pinpoint it. And when I'm on an emotional high, I look at the world through rose color lenses and everything is great. But if, you know, I'm on a low, then it's like, oh, the world might as well end right now. So um, the key here is to not make big decisions from, you know, a high or a low, you want to give yourself two or three days, um, sleep on your big decisions, um, and find yourself at emotional clarity, you want to feel calm, cool, collected, when you say yes or no to a big decision. And your yeses and nos might not feel like 100%. It might feel like an 80%. That is so interesting. I love how every type has their own just unique way. And you can't really tell someone how to be unless you kind of know their uniqueness. I know because for the longest time, I had a mentor who is now I think about it, obviously, sacral authority, and she teaches people how to nurture their gut health and listening to their gut. And I was just like, well, I guess I'm just not intuitive, but um, we're all intuitive, but it shows up differently for everyone. Okay. I love that you just brought up the gut stuff. Do you, This is my theory. I don't know if it's true, but do you think that generators are more prone to gut health issues? That's interesting if they're not in alignment. I definitely agree. Um, I had a acquaintance who is a sacral generator and she told me, she was curious what is human design. And I told her about, you know, her type and authority. She was like, I can never make a decision just because it feels good. Um, so she was very logic driven, but then she went on to mention that she always suffer with stomach aches after she eats and she struggles to sleep at night and I'm just like okay she's not really using her energy in satisfying ways so there's like that energy not used up in your body so you almost feel restless I can so relate that was me in college I mean I started my chronic gut health issues then and I also was having awful sleep problems. I would either pass out at 8 p.m. or be tossing and turning all night just because I was so out of alignment with like the people I was with, the work I was doing. I mean, I don't think there were really 
moments of that pure generator satisfaction going on. Right. And to live your design is not like you live your design or you don't. Um, We want to do our best. So if you find yourself in a job that you don't love and you're a generator, um, I would just find, you know, try to incorporate more things that you do love. Maybe you start your day off with a workout you are really excited to do and that good energy can sort of carry into the next thing. So that's just a hack that I love to share with generators and MGs. Yeah, I think that's an awesome hack because sometimes we don't really have the privilege to always just make everything into alignment right away and it takes time. So just doing like the first hour of your day of something that makes you happy is such a good tip. Right. And for generators, especially NMGs, boundaries are so important. Um, People can see that you have energy and capability to like help them do something for them is not coming from a malicious way but um they just like want you around because you're such a good vibe but um and you might feel like oh i should help people i have all this energy why don't i help them but um i really encourage you and like everyone else to to be selfish like selfish is self-care and I'm so glad you're saying all this. Yeah. And like make space. If you have like a very full day, um, you don't have any space to do anything that actually lights you up, then, you know, it can't come through. So just like let go of something that's easy to let go of. If, you know, every, you know, what we're talking about sounds intimidating. Yep. Totally. Boundaries is like, one of my favorite topics with clients because I find that most people don't have solid boundaries and they're just letting other people's like energy leach onto them. And then they're wondering like why they're bloated or something. And it's like, that's not all yours. Like you're holding on to other people's stuff. I know. I also love boundaries right now because when we're recording is holiday season and I look at boundaries so differently now. We set boundaries and honor them because we want our relationships to work, right? We don't want to say like you are going home for Christmas. Um, Maybe you will enjoy your visit more if you live, you know, stay at an Airbnb instead of in your childhood home. Yeah, absolutely. This is such a good example. I literally just made a video on this for my clients before the holidays and I gave the similar tip or like if you want to go home for like three days instead of a week just to like have a more intimate experience without getting into like the family dynamics, you're kind of just setting those firm boundaries, which benefit the whole family as a whole. Yeah, totally. I love that. So I have a question about um, the emotional center. Is that the solar plexus? Yes. Part? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if yours is undefined, what are kind of some ways to transmute the energy that you're taking on from other people? Sure. And I have been talking about this a lot in the last week or so. Um, so are you, okay, so you're obviously undefined. In I have no gates. Okay, okay, I see. Um, so if your emotional center is in white, that means you can be a sponge to other people's emotions. And your natural state is calm, cool, and collected. If you can pinpoint why you're feeling sad or happy, you know, like, is valid feel your feelings but if you are like happy or sad for no reason is probably other people's and a common thing i see with undefined emotionals is emotional overwhelm can be a challenge um like feeling other people's sadness as if it's their own like for me i'm defined emotional so if my best friend breaks up with 
her significant other, obviously I'm going to be sympathetic and I want to be there for her, but I am not going to feel her sadness within myself, whereas that could be the case for the undefined emotional. So um, having the tools to get your back, get yourself back to emotional neutrality is important. That can look like just leaving the room for five minutes, going to the bathroom to take some deep breaths, or like going out on a walk. Um, that could be really helpful. So it's not that scary. So just like know when to leave the room is a big one, when to like leave the situation. And as undefined emotionals, you don't love emotional tension. So this can show up as not wanting to rock the boat, people pleasing, um, not saying things that need to be said. Yeah, that all relates so much. And yeah, I think like when I watch someone cry, I start crying too. I'm always like, oh my God, like why do I have to feel this? But I guess that's just how I'm designed and I need to safely release it on my own. Yeah. And people who write books about emotional intelligence, people who are therapists tend to be undefined emotionals because they actually understand the emotions people are feeling and going through. So they can be very helpful in helping others process, but not take it on personally. I mean, that's when you reach the wisdom of the undefined emotional center and everyone has the capacity to get there. Yeah, that's such a good point. I know that totally makes sense yeah. with like the therapists wanting to like help and transmute it, but not fully take it on. Yeah. So um, where we are undefined is kind of like where we go to school, like where we're supposed to become wise. So I have a very open spleen center. And have you heard of Ben Harry Harris? He is the fear guy on Instagram. Yes, I have. So he has a very open, completely like undefined splenic center. So he is helping people, you know, process fears and overcome fears. Do you see like how it works? Yeah. So where you're undefined is that where you work best helping people with or like where you are meant to become wise and you understand the full range of emotions as an undefined emotional and I understand people's fears okay okay yeah so someone's undefined centers is kind of the things that they're supposed to help others work through they have the capacity to, but they're right. not, you know. Required to, right, yeah. right. So how would you describe like the defined versus undefined? So defined centers are where we are consistent, where we have buffer to other people's influences, um, a little bit more buffer to societal conditioning, where we pull energy from what gives us flavor as an individual, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, yeah. Totally. And undefined centers are where we can take in from our environment, be a little bit more prone to other people's um, influences, but where we're meant to become wise and sort of like, yeah, like understanding the full range of the theme of that center. Yeah. And there's also the identity center or the G center. This is all about direction and sense of self, your sense of I amness. Um, so, are, do you have this one defined? I do. Yeah. So, you can feel like I like this dress because it is, it helps, it is me. Like, I can see myself in that dress. And you kind of know where you're going all the time. Not saying it's not scary to take that direction, but. Um, you know who you are and undefined identity people, they kind of are always seeking to attach themselves to a label. 
and they're more prone to other people's influences. So the whole thing about you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, that is super applicable to undefined G-center identity people. Um, but they're also meant to explore different directions and identities. That is so cool. That makes a lot of sense, especially when what you're talking about labels. Like I always am like, I'm not labeling myself. Like I just, I'm just me. I'm a mix of whatever label I want to be. And then some people really like to label themselves. Yeah. To sort of like be like, hey, look at me. I am self-assured. Right. Yeah, absolutely. When you're a reflector, do you have everything undefined? Yes. So their chart is just white. They only have gates, but not channels. Um, channels, if you have like a full connection from one center to another, then like you have both centers colored in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So reflectors, they literally soak in their environment and they're called reflectors because they help people or the collective evaluate. They're kind of like our collective mirrors. Do you know any reflectors in person? I don't think so, but I also don't know that many people personally who I've like asked their human design. Okay. So I actually know like five reflectors from growing up, which is very interesting. Um, because they're literally like less than 1% of the population, truly unicorns of the world, right? Um, mm-hmm. But like by hanging out with the reflectors, they you can sort of identify like, okay, they help me see myself. You get a better sense of like your shadows. They also help people see their higher potential. So it's actually very beautiful. That's awesome. So they just have gates that kind of describe their unique personality versus the centers. Yeah. And for the reflector, their strategy and authority is to wait for a lunar cycle. So 28 days for big decisions, right? Um, What you want to eat for lunch doesn't have to be so deep. Right. Yeah. Um, The point of waiting the 28 days is because throughout the moon cycle, they can one day act as, they can sometimes feel like, okay, I'm a generator today. And then the next day they feel more like a manifester. So it's like their identity changes and how they feel about things changes throughout the 28 days. So it's like, okay, I want to, you know, get a sense of like, do I actually like what I'm about to decide on? you know, as do I like it as a manifester? Do I like it as a projector? Man, um, manifesting generators, generator. So that's kind of why they have to wait so long. That is so interesting. Yeah, now I'm curious, like if I know any reflectors in my personal life, I'll have to kind of dig deeper into that. Yeah. When I was um, just starting out, I was like, okay, I feel like I know no reflectors, but I want to learn more. So I was like, okay, universe, send me a few so I can ask some questions. And then boom, five came through. Whoa, that's awesome. Through your personal readings? Um, Like people I have been friends with forever. I always just thought they were generators. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess you never really know until you dig deep into the chart. Yeah. So I wanted to ask about some health-related things. I'm curious if there's any correlation or kind of like health tips that relate to each different type. Sure. So let's talk about lifestyle, how to optimize for each type. Generators and manifesting generators, you both have to follow that sacral response. Um, So like when it comes to food, you want to eat foods that really excite you. You don't want to be like, okay, I'm going to eat a salad because it is healthy because I read it on a wellness website. Um, You're going to, you know, absorb more nutrients. And so you want to like just continue to follow that strategy 
and with generators and MGs, you want to use up your energies in, again, satisfying ways. So if you feel like you're really restless by the end of the day, maybe you can do a short workout to just like use that energy out off, right? Um, so it's pretty simple for generators and MGs. Do you have any questions specifically like for yourself? I guess I was wondering if there's specific health issues that might correlate with each type, but that might be more correlated with each defined versus undefined center. Yeah, but like for the generators and manifesting generators, I would um, say gut health is a big mm -hmm. one. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, because if your gut health is off, your sacral response probably isn't going to be as strong and accurate. Yeah. So if you just honor that piece, it will take you so much further in all areas. And when it comes to workouts, too, like, are you actually interested in doing this workout or you feel like you need to do this super hardcore hit workout because everyone is doing that? Yeah, totally. And I've noticed for myself personally, it like changes with like the seasons. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, eh, my body's not feeling this workout. And then I'll try something new and get lit up again. Yeah, for sure. Um, for the projector, projectors naturally seek lightness in their bodies. So I would say, and this is interesting, because if you have a defined sacral that makes you a generator or a MG, the sacral center is all about desire and creation. So if you and I go out to a restaurant, we look at the menu, you will know what you want just by being, you know, presented the menu. And for me, as a projector, I have undefined sacral, meaning I can take on to other people's desires. And if you order a pizza, then I'll be like, huh, maybe I want a pizza too. That sounds kind of good and it's fine. But sometimes as projectors, you don't know when enough is enough. So projectors can sometimes accidentally overeat and only know they're full when they're too full or working too much because they don't know like, oh, like, my energy is done. As a generator, you know when your battery is low and it's time to recharge. Yeah, that's so interesting. I feel like my battery is low when the sun sets. I don't know if that has anything to do with being a generator. I mean, that means you used up your energies in satisfying ways throughout the day. And that is yeah. true. So going back to projectors, you do want to like eat to nourish and be satisfied, but um, be careful like, oh, okay, do you actually want this? Will this actually support your goals? Will this nourish you? Or am I just wanting it and eating it because everyone else wants it? Yeah, totally. Would it be a safe assumption to believe that a projector may be more prone to adrenal issues if they're following what a generator does when they're not designed to? Yes. Um, so with the undefined sacral, your energy, like you can still have energy coming from other centers, but the sacral energy you don't have. And sacral energy is really cool. Like as long as you recharge, um, you will have a full tank. But as a projector, I could feel like, oh, but everyone is still like, you know, working. So I should work and pushing my adrenals to keep up. So there's the tendency is also like a shadow to keep up with others. When as, as a projector, you are meant to share your insights. You're meant to be a leader in terms of helping people do things in a more efficient way versus like being in the center of you know, hustling. Yeah, that's so beautiful. What about manifestors and reflectors? Manifestors are, so like traditionally in history, manifestors are like the kings and queens, people who start wars. Um, but 
in today's society, manifestors just want to like do their own thing and be free and, you know, be left alone and enjoy life. They are really good at starting things and creating momentum. In terms of workflow, they can like do a lot in the beginning to get things started, but they're not meant to go from beginning to end. They're meant to like have other people involved and you know, continue what they started. So they can also experience burnout when they're pushing too hard. Um, they want to kind of know like, okay, so as manifestors, they get urges, like inspirations to make something happen. And if they don't do it, they will just kind of like keep thinking about it. And knowing how your urges work. So you're probably more energetic in the beginning and you can still, you know, be pretty energetic, kind of like in a generator manifesting generator sense. And then you're supposed to chill. Definitely the visionaries, they can be the CEO, but um, as a manifester, you can do any job as long as you're given autonomy and like freedom. I see. That's so interesting. How about reflectors? Reflectors are, you know, we talked about them a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, they can do any job. Again, like your job description, you know, is not tied to your type or, of, or your design, right? It is important for them to have space for themselves environment is super super important for the reflector because again they take in everything and they become their environment so if they're in somewhere that is toxic they might notice themselves feeling sick mm. or just drained that's so cool that's interesting so kind of on the same conversation of health how do you think like there's 12 digestive types, right? Um, I don't know if we, it doesn't really make sense to go into the details of all 12, but basically how do you kind of explain how someone can use their digestive type? Like, is it just by the food they eat or is there more to it? There's more to it. Um, so there are six digestive types and each type has two variations. So there are like 12 options, I guess. Um, how you digest food is definitely um, very important, but also how you digest information and how you digest life, how you process. So um, someone who is a consecutive appetite, for example, they are meant to eat one thing at a time. So their breakfast might just look like three eggs and their lunch is a piece of steak. It doesn't have to be so strict, but it's like simplicity is the key here. And with how they process information, one thing at a time, stop trying to multitask. You're going to be more effective and efficient if you just focus on one thing. And um, I know for myself, my laptop always has like a million things open. You know, if you're a consecutive appetite, just avoid doing that. Highly recommend. Yeah. I'm alternating. Isn't that the same thing? So consecutive um, at its core is one thing at a time, like mono meals. It doesn't have to be so strict, but mm -hmm. um, alternating is a tiny bit more evolved. You can have a plate of like sweet potatoes, salmon and broccoli, and you might find yourself eating all the sweet potatoes and the broccoli and then the salmon. Yes, that like I literally have a vision of me in like a high chair as like a two-year-old and my parents was like put food on it and I always did that growing up. I ate one thing at a time until it was complete and I would always say I'm saving the best part for last. So that was something I definitely did as a kid. I love that. So it's not about doing it perfectly. You just want to think about, okay, let's say for you you are alternating appetite, but you really love smoothie bowls. It doesn't mean you can never have it again. Maybe you go from 10 ingredients to five and that, you know, is still helpful. 
Yeah, that's actually been a huge thing I've learned just through like my own gut health journey is when I did do that with like smoothies or salads or just bowls of food, I would be bloated from like a million ingredients. And then as I started eating more simple and like just putting less things into my meals, my digestion has completely evolved so that I can totally see playing out. Yeah. And even with your closets, um, have like quality basics, you know, keep your house organized. You can find a lot more clarity just, you know, by doing that. So it's really interesting. I am in direct light. And that means eating your biggest meal at um, when the sun is down. And I was not into it at first because all the circadian rhythm and everything I've, you know, really believe, believed in for like years, but I was open-minded enough to just give it a try. And I was so much less bloated. It was, it was great. That's awesome. I know. I try to look at the digestion type for my clients. Cause I'm like, if we could start with this, this could be a pretty simple fix. <laughs> I know. And like, if you were to give that um, suggestion to me, I might not, you know, see results. So, you know, it's just something that is worth experimenting with. Yeah, totally. And I know that there's also the environment. What is kind of like the purpose of the environment and how that plays out in our lives? What is your environment? Caves. Okay. Your caves. I am kitchen. I don't want people to stress out about this. Like, oh my God, I'm not living in a cave. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> If you follow your inner authority and strategy, you will naturally be eating the way you're supposed to eat or, you know, live where you're supposed to live. For the cave person, it's like you want to, it's like you want to be somewhere where you can see everything that's happening. You want to know where the entrance is so you know who is coming through. You might feel more secure that way right? And for me, I'm kitchen. That means I really enjoy collaborating with people, um, creating people, oh, sorry, creating things with people. Um, yeah, like being involved. Yeah, that's interesting. I know, because at first when I read Caves, I was like, what? I feel like I don't like to be in a dark like <laughs> chamber, but I guess that makes more sense when you're like just sensitive to who comes into your space. Yeah. And there are people who are mountains, I think, and it's healthy for them to live somewhere that is elevated. Maybe they live on the 20th floor of a apartment building so they can see things from above. Mm, yeah, I know. I love how there's kind of that play on each theme that relates more to our modern day world. Yeah. That's awesome. So is there any other piece of human design you believe is important to highlight when someone's starting out? So like I said before, strategy type in authority are the three key pieces. Um, just knowing these three and honoring them can take you very, very far. My favorite part is the profiles. Um, I am a one three. What are you? A one four. Oh, okay. So um, your profile is made up of two numbers. There are six numbers in total and 12 profiles. So the first number is how you see yourself. The second number is more how other people see you. So both are really important. Um, should we talk about all six numbers? Yeah, let's go for it. Sure. So if you have a one in your profile, you're the investigator. You love to learn. You come to this life to understand things and you can research. You like to question, um, which is really wonderful. People see you as like the authority of your expertise. Um, one shadow side is feeling like there's always more to know and not taking like empowered action. So I would recommend just, you know, scheduling time, time blocking for yourself to learn and research, but, um, know that you already know enough and it's 
important for you to recognize yourself as the authority so other people can see you that way too. Okay, and if you have a two in your profile, you are naturally talented. So the one came to the world to understand things, the two is born with that knowledge or talent or gift. So they're meant to be a little bit more hermity in, in order to develop that gift further. And this might look like you're really good at arranging flowers or you're really good at graphic design and you never went to design school. So that's pretty cool. It's important for them to own their gifts. Like, okay, I am born with this and I'm meant to share this with people. Not like, well, I didn't like go to school for it. I didn't suffer or work really hard for it. So, you know, I cannot show it off. And the three, I'm a one three. So this one is close to me. And it's almost like you have to learn through trial and error. You came to this life to learn lessons. People can give you all the advice and tips, but you're kind of like, okay, thank you very much, but I need to learn it myself. So it makes you very magnetic and resilient because you are just like naturally like, you're like doing things and sharing it with people. And you know how people are nosy? They love to see what you're up to and what you're trying and learning. Um, so that's the three. There's nothing such as a mistake. Failure is like a state of mind, right? Failure can be feedback. And you can help people out by saying, hey, like I tried all of these things, so I'm here, you, here to show you the shortcut. And if you have a four in your profile, you are naturally good with people. You probably don't see it as networking, but you're always building relationships and cultivating your community. Your opportunities come from your community. You might be dating someone who you were previously friends with, or you start a business and all your friends become your clients. Um, it's really funny because we're all like trying to online date now, but people who have a four in their profile, they probably are going to end up finding someone they already know. I resonate so much. I always like have this intuitive feeling like my person's not on an app and I'm a four. So just got that permission. <laughs> yeah. And if you have a five, people see you as this hero figure. They see you as, oh, they're here to save the day. Um, not like intentionally or in a want to take advantage of you sense, but you're super capable and people project their needs onto you, expecting subconsciously for you to help them out. And it's important for you to only say yes to things you can deliver and not over promising. So um, the five is really cool, but there is, you know, tendency to become codependent. And if you have a six, six is an interesting one because first 30 years of your life, you are living like a three. So you are trying everything out firsthand, running to things, failing and trying again. And from 30 to 50, you are increasingly becoming more of a role figure, sorry, a role model figure. Um, meaning you are like, okay, maybe I don't have to try everything firsthand. Maybe I can just learn from other people and take a step back and not, you know, be so adventurous. You eventually become this role model that inspire people to live an authentic life. Like you're like this wise person that people seek out. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Those profiles I feel like are super interesting and something I highly encourage everyone to look into to kind of like dig deep into your role. So to kind of wrap things up here, what do you think is the biggest takeaway someone can get when they learn their human design? 
it's just a tool. It's not meant to limit you in any way. Um, in terms of brain rewiring, it can be very helpful. Like assessing your intuition, it might feel more tangible. Intuition is not like this thing that's only available to healers, right? Everyone is intuitive. Um, it's just a roadmap to help you live the life of, you know, take the path of least resistance. And I feel like that's like the new way to live and do things. Yeah, absolutely. I really do see that this kind of living and truly knowing yourself and using your unique code and gift to be the person that you're meant to be becoming the new way of the future, or at least that is what I hope it to becomes. I think it will. I feel like people always ask me, do people think you're like crazy? Because this thing is not like scientific, right? But I have, you know, been working with people who are really open-minded. So I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. And even if you are someone that's super scientific, why not just give it a run and see if it resonates? Because as with any type of personality assessment or even eating habit, if it doesn't resonate, you don't have to lean into it and do it. Yeah. And you were an engineer and I was a CPA. So look at us. Exactly. Your mind can burst wide open and things can change. <laughs> yeah. And especially like given how challenging 2020 has been, I feel like people are more open-minded to, you know, woo-woo things in quotes, right? Just like, okay, let's look at something I haven't, you know, seen before. Exactly. Yeah. Why not dip your toes into the woo? You never know where the fun can lead you. Yeah. is really transformed our lives this year, I feel. <gasps> yes, absolutely. I have had so much fun talking about human design. I think this is one of my favorite topics to learn about because it's just so interesting and applicable at the same time. So where can everyone connect with you and learn more from you? I am most active on Instagram at Sandy Yang Wellness. Um, come say hi, send me a DM. I would love to connect with you. Awesome. Yeah. And if you want your personal chart read to know more of the nitty gritty, definitely hit up Sandy because she will give you all the details that you're probably wondering after listening to this. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. We have to do this again. Yes, I would absolutely love to. I hope everyone has enjoyed this awesome conversation. All right. Thanks. Thanks.